Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Mike Mosley will join us to discuss the Clever Gut Diet. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science Show. Well, your gut is astonishingly clever, contains millions of neurons, and is home to the microbiome. Well, in his groundbreaking new book, The Clever Gut Diet, Dr. Mike Mosley takes us on a revelatory journey through the gut, showing how junk food and overuse of antibiotics have wiped out many good gut bacteria, leading to a modern plague of allergies, food intolerances, and obesity. The author, Dr. Michael Mosley, trained to be a doctor at the Royal Free Hospital in London, and joined the BBC where he has become a well-known television preventer. He's the author of The Fast Diet, and the eight-week blood sugar diet. And his new book, The Clever Gut Diet, How to Revolutionize Your Body from the Inside Out, explores this topic for a general audience. And Dr. Mosley, we're very pleased to have you today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Uh, certainly our pleasure. Certainly a fascinating book you've written here, The Clever Gut Diet, in which you talk a little bit about how a modern diet has caused a bit of a plague in terms of first wiping out our good gut bacteria and the modern uh, problems that we have today. Uh, I'm curious, uh, how did you become interested in this topic? Well, I became interested because a while ago, as part of a film, I decided to swallow a pill camera. And what that did is um, we followed the journey in the film of the camera from going through my lips to coming out in the toilet bowl at the other end. So I got to see my guts in um, interesting detail. And uh, that got me terribly interested in the subject. And I started reading about it. And I um, spoke to a lot of experts. And um, that led to this book. And it also, one of the things that happened was that I used to suffer from a number of allergies, in particularly hay fever with asthma. And when I changed my diet uh, towards one which was richer in fiber and also in what I would describe as prebiotics, which would include fermented foods, uh, my allergies all improved. So that got me very interested in it. A few people might realize that gut is very complicated. I mean, time's called the second brain, and it's also host to this remarkable uh, collection of bacteria there. Um, what, what do we really know about it, and how diet can affect that? Right. So we know that there are about 20 trillion concentrated in the large colon, which is the last two or three feet of your intestine. There's probably a thousand different species down there. And until, you know, relatively recently, we knew almost nothing about what goes on in those deep, dark recesses. But thanks to new technology, we can now measure what's going on, and we found out just what a profound effect those microbes have on our health. One of the things they do, for example, is they influence mood. There's a whole new branch of science called psychobiotics, which is about the link between what goes on in your gut and what goes on in your brain. So people are now researching whether you can treat depression by changing diet, but also by consuming what are called probiotics, which are living bacteria, either in capsule form or in food. We know that antibiotics 
and uh, the eating of junk food, which is full of stuff called emulsifiers, has wiped out a lot of the kind of good bacteria. And at the same time, we've seen this huge surge in allergies, asthma, eczema, hay fever, uh, gluten intolerances, celiac disease. All these things are due to an immune system which has gone out of control. And it seems that it's the good bacteria in your gut, the old friends, as they're sometimes called, whose job was to kind of restrain and educate the immune system. And when they go, uh, your immune system becomes more like a sort of delinquent kid who smashes up the house. So they played a hugely important role in constraining and corralling and controlling the immune system. If you don't have them, then you're much, much more prone to these allergic diseases. So that's been another really big difference over the last few decades. And kind of finally, we know the mix of microbes in your gut has a pretty profound effect on your weight and your risk of things like type 2 diabetes. So an awful lot of the chronic diseases which um, we are now prone to uh, can be traced back to uh, the mix of microbes in your gut, which I think is pretty extraordinary. Do we know which particular ones are useful for us, such that we can get those back in? Should they be lost? Or how much do we know about the specifics of all these different microbes? Sure. It's a very complicated story, but as I said, there are probably at least a 1,000 different species down there. Broadly speaking, uh, some of the good ones are known as bifidobacterium, uh, and that is something, for example, you acquire in childhood. And strangely enough, we recently discovered that in a mother's breast milk, she produces a particular substance uh, which has always puzzled scientists because it had no obvious value. The baby can't absorb it, so they thought, why is a mum producing it? And it turns out that its only function is to feed this particular type of bacteria called Bifidobacteria infantilis. So that is one that seems to be particularly good in childhood, and if you don't have decent levels of it, then you're more prone to developing things like asthma and eczema later in life, which is, again, why having been breastfed is so good for you. Uh, we know there's another type of bacteria called Acomantia, and it is particularly associated with leanness, but also with protecting your gut wall against infection and uh, weakness, which could lead to leaky gut. And these levels are boosted by something called intermittent fasting. So when you kind of cut down your calories a few days a week, uh, that's been shown to boost Acomantia. And um, I wrote a book uh, some time ago called The Fast Diet, The 5-2 Diet, which became a New York Times bestseller. And that was really all about intermittent fasting. I wrote it because I had discovered I was type 2 diabetic and I managed to reverse my type 2 diabetes by losing 20 pounds. And what I had no idea about at that time was the impact that intermittent fasting would have uh, on the gut. And that kind of shows you as well how much this science is moving. Because four or five years ago, no one had a clue. And now suddenly we're discovering a whole new area. It's almost like a, a whole new organ has been discovered, which is the microbiome. And we're discovering just how widespread its effects are. And so how, how much influence then uh, do we have over nurturing our, our microbiome? And can we shift it to better states of health through our diet? Absolutely. I mean, that's good news is that you can change the microbiome uh, within days, if not weeks, of changing your diet. The book is full of recipes, and it also includes lots of foods which have been shown 
to improve your, the quality and the diversity of your microbiome. But the important thing is to have a rich diversity of different microbes down there. You obviously need more of the old friends, the good bacteria, but one way of measuring that is by something called the Simpson Index, which is a measure of diversity. So I go through lots of different foods which have been shown to improve the quality and diversity, and they include some of the more obvious things like foods which are rich in fiber, uh, because fiber is one of the things that the bacteria right down there in the smell in the, in the large intestine can feed on. They need fiber to grow and to produce healthy chemicals. And fiber is one of those substances which largely um, evades uh, being sort of broken down and absorbed um, higher up in the intestine. And the average American probably eats about a third to a quarter of the amount of fiber they really should be doing. And obviously you get lots of fiber uh, from eating a range of different colored vegetables and fruits. But things like blackberries and raspberries are surprisingly high in fiber. There are some types of fiber which you also find in seaweed. So I've um, chucked in some seaweed recipes because seaweed turns out to be particularly good for gut bacteria. And um, interestingly enough, is fantastically good for people who have constipation. And constipation is not one of the subjects you often talk about, uh, but it is a big bugbear for a lot of people. And so uh, they get a lot of relief, if you like, from that sort of thing. So there are some exotic ingredients, which would include the fermented foods, but there's also kind of, you know, some more common ingredients, which would also include things like olive oil, oily fish, uh, milk, yogurt, and things like that, which have been partly sort of demonized. We've kind of tended to go towards that low-fat stuff. But actually, the evidence is now very strong uh, that full-fat yogurt, cheese, particularly smelly cheese, they're good for your gut bacteria and they're good for your overall health. So um, I've embraced a lot of, more of these things in my diet. And um, strangely enough, uh, they're also linked uh, with maintaining a healthy weight, the, going down the whole low-fat route turned out to be, to be not terribly good for your gut bacteria and not very good for your waistline either. Uh, well, certainly much has been made of the relative unhealthiness of, of the current Western diets. Are there, are there any uh, diets across the world that tend to be better uh, overall for gut health? Uh, broadly speaking, the Mediterranean diet, by which I mean the traditional diet of Greece and the countries that were around the Mediterranean diet, that scores extremely well, though sadly people in the Mediterranean are now more like to eat pizza and pasta and unhealthy things. So the traditional diet there would have been very rich in vegetables, fruits, olive oil, uh, full-fat cheeses, uh, with a bit of um, red wine in the evening meal. Uh, additionally, places like Japan and South Korea that have some of the longest life expectancies in the world, their diet includes a lot of fermented foods, things like kimchi and kefir, and these foods, which are less you know, commonly used in Western diet, they're making a big comeback because, again, the science points at a lot of benefits of those. I'm a fan of turmeric, also known as turmeric, uh, which you'll find in the Indian diet. And again, that seems to be pretty good for gut health and also for keeping your blood sugars down. Because one of the things I'm passionate about is uh, trying to cut your risk of diabetes and maintaining healthy blood sugar levels uh, because, uh, you know, we know that type 2 diabetes and prediabetes are just soaring, and particularly in places like the States and the UK, uh, between a third and a half of the population 
are either pre-diabetic or diabetic, which means their blood sugar levels are at an unhealthy level. And part of that down to the food choices we make, and part of it's down to the mix of gut bacteria, which in turn influence your blood sugar levels. So I also wrote a book called The Eight-Week Blood Sugar Diet, uh, which was uh, an international bestseller because it showed you how you can um, reverse uh, type 2 diabetes and prediabetes. Uh, and um, I kind of built on that book uh, by writing these books, but they're kind of interrelated. I mean, so it certainly sounds they're, they're all related, as you say. Uh, again, the, the message uh, is almost a recapitulation of things we've heard before. These, these are foods that we know to be good for us, and now we know that they're good for our gut microbiome. The, the trick has, I think, always been with diet is uh, getting compliance from people and getting them to take the actions to change their uh, diets. What would be your recommendations for maybe trying to adopt better, a clever gut diet, as it were? Absolutely. So um, this book uh, was written in conjunction with one of the UK's leading nutritionists, so I know it's kind of, you know, a decent, healthy diet. It's been endorsed by Nobel Prize winners. So, again, I'm happy about that. What I like about it and what I hope your listeners will like about it is this stuff is really tasty. So this is not a kind of boring diet. It's not something where you feel you're going to be deprived. It is really tasty and interesting and varied. So what I would say is give it a go. Uh, I get a lot of positive feedback from it. My um, wife, who is a doctor, she sees a lot of patients uh, with gut problems and also with uh, conditions like type 2 diabetes. Many of them are from the sort of poorer and less educated kind of strata of society, but they get it. She kind of gives them copies of the book or gives them the advice, and they go away and they put it into action they reverse their diabetes, their eczema improves, their asthma improves, uh, and so they then tell all their friends. So uh, I think the great thing about it is it works, it works fast, uh, and so you see big improvements, and that's what sort of keeps you on the straight and narrow, uh, that actually you get really, really positive feedback, both in terms of kind of your looks, your weight loss, but the improvements in your gut health. Uh, and I think that's what's so important. The, you know, it's, it's the positive reinforcement that kind of makes you think, actually, what I'm doing now uh, is a really good thing. Nothing like positive results to, to keep you going there. Absolutely. I, I'm curious maybe to close, and so we're running a little out of time. Uh, do you have any advice then for people who want to learn more about uh, this particular diet, foods that are involved, and, and maybe planning program for their own health? Absolutely. Obviously, you could buy uh, the Clever Gut Diet book, but there's also a website which is called cleverguts.com uh, where you can find out much more information and you can join a community, you can share your experiences and where you can learn from other people's experiences. What I love about these sort of websites is they do, people who got benefit from it want to share what they've learned and it's kind of a good way to kind of make new friends. Uh, all right. Well, the uh, the new book is called The Clever Gut Diet, How to Revolutionize Your Body from the Inside Out. The author is Dr. Michael Mosley. And uh, Dr. Mosley, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Absolute pleasure. Very nice to speak to you. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.grox.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on rocking.